Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Look, Homer, I- I'm late for my night job at the foundry, so if you don't mind telling me. Good heavens! This is a palace! How, can, how in the world can you afford to live in a house like this, Simpson? I don't know. Don't ask me how the economy works. Yeah, but look at the size of this place. I, I, I live in a single room above a bowling alley and below another bowling alley. Wow. because everyone wants to be ready to go on January 4th on Monday. Right. When it's back on. It's not like that first week back is not like, let's take a week to get our groove on. It's like, no. Yeah. no. It's you know like what I've noticed that reminds me of what you're saying is like, um, it's like everybody is preparing now before Monday. <laughs> and yeah. like, that's true. If you're not doing that too, you come off like a dipshit on Monday. Right. Yeah. If, if it's, it's, it's true. It sucks. Like I've noticed that too. And I'm not a writer and this is, it's not as nearly as important kind of stuff. But like, even when I like show up on a regular Monday, if I haven't like gotten my ducks in a row for like a couple hours on Sunday, I sound like a pretty dumb shit. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the, the, the nut of it all, right? I don't know. Yeah. Is, that is that a term the kids are saying? The nut of it that all? That is a term the kids yeah. are saying. Kids are saying that's a, that's a nut of it all. Um, anyway, <laughs> you know, so, this is, so this is actually very pertinent to what we're going to be talking about today. This is Did You Reddit, a weekly podcast about the internet by way of Reddit, the front page of the internet. My name is It's Your Dad. I'm Dog Boobs. My feet down here in the studio, just holding it down. So we started talking about work you know, very specifically. I don't think we... We didn't plan that, but it's actually a perfect segue into what we're talking about today. Today, we're going to be reviewing the subreddit anti-work, um, which Dog Dog was the one who brought up, yes. somewhat unsurprisingly. <laughs> um, but but I think it's it's an interesting sub because even though it is principally a a subreddit that's kind of a it, you know it's like a, a subreddit for people making memes and kind of making commentary about about like not not even not liking their job as much as like not liking the idea of being forced to work it's kind of a combination of like late stage capitalism the kind of bernie sanders wing of reddit you know it's it's a little bit of that like hive yeah um, but you know the more that you get into it um what i really love about the subreddit is it it is based in it feels like it's fundamentally based in a movement in an intellectual thought. Um, and they, they keep that close to home. So it doesn't really, even though it might be mostly memes and mostly kind of like softball, softball kind of posts, the sidebar has, uh, seven essays, six essays and a a website, um, that are all kind of about the methodology of anti-work, which is not new, you know? So, um, so, so yeah, so that's what we're going to be talking about today, um, which I do think is very pertinent to this holiday. And I think it's kind of pertinent to 2020 in general, because there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of issue. I mean, we, we have the stimulus check, of course, but then also I think I, I can relate to this. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but there's this, this sensation of, oh, I just need to work and be thankful for it. That kind of resonated through 2020 because, Mm -hmm. um, so many people being out of work. 
Yeah. Um, which then kind of creates a little bit more of a cycle of the anti-work d- enemy, I think. So true. Yeah. Oh. We, I, that's a bigger, yes. It's like, it's like, if you have a job, now I'm going to uh, sort of take advantage of it um, that, that you're employed because you're lucky to be employed. So um, now I'm going to make you even more my slave. But we got to get into all that. Yes, we are going to get into all that. Um, do we want to talk at all about the front page? I know this is. I think we be- have to because it's New Year's Eve. We got to tell people New today Year's. we're all going out clubbing, we're all going out dancing, we're hitting. Yes. We're, Us, we're taking. Uh, did you read it? Gavin Newsom, see you at the club. <laughs> see Gavin you Newsom, Nancy Pelosi, dude, Mayor all Garcetti, Gar- Garcetti, Garcetti, cheese, uh, all of them. Did that from? I love, I love people on politicians. It, it feels so good, right? I don't know why. Why does it feel so good? Meeting uh, on politicians. I'm looking at the front page here. And I've been really preoccupied with anti-work this week for obvious reasons. <laughs> but I've seen a lot of really sweet things, too, from everybody's Christmas and, like, a puppy pranking his asshole older dog siblings and, like, dads getting adorable. Like, <laughs> he got this one dad got the exact same thing for Christmas that he was already wearing when he was picking up the present. Okay. Seems like a real dad thing to do. I'm gonna pull that. He up. just loves his Under Armour. Oh, I did see this. I, you know, this this reminded me of my uh, stepdad Rick. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I also I thought that. that I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was like a really. It's such a dad thing too. Like that yeah. you, you you don't have. I, I don't know when this happens, and I keep maybe it's because I don't have kids, and I think that there's something about. I, I, it's interesting because I think that when you don't have kids, you don't do parenting things, but some of the things that your parents do or did, you see yourself falling into regardless, almost as a like, you can see where at a certain point in life, they just kind of got like, I don't want to think about it anymore. Give me whatever. doesn't matter. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, and like That's such a parent thing. And I feel that now too, mm-hmm. right? Where I'm like, there's not really anything where I'm just like, Nah, I, need I, I really need that thing or i really want that thing i've always wanted that thing and i can't buy it for myself like yep. there's just like you know there's nothing that you can't really buy for yourself i mean which kind of is a little bit of the anti-work message in a weird weird freaky way in that dad picture uh i was looking at a lot of morbid reality too um which was kind of sad why, why are you why are you in the morbid reality zone is it is it like that time of year or what, what is the thing that's making you kind of go in that direction? Yeah. You know, it's been not a traditional holiday season for me. So I've been, um, staying with my mom. My mom's been sick. So I'm staying, helping her, my brother, uh, he broke his collarbone like a week before Christmas. So he's, he was stuck in New York and which is probably really good anyway, because COVID and flying across country during COVID's, not can we hear this can, can we hear the story on what he did yeah can we guess so first he runs he's like a runner oh, so my cool. brother is like does what i do but he's better at everything so like in high school <laughs> i was in cross country and i was the slowest person jimmy was like one of the best cross country runners jimmy runs in brooklyn all the time he'll run like between six miles and 12 miles a day 
Love wow. What an insane asshole. person. Uh, and he runs into, he doesn't usually have any issues. One time a Polish man tried to punch him <laughs> while he was running. Why, why do we know he's a Polish man? I, I love that that's the racial, <laughs> racial yeah. bias you threw out. <laughs> the neighborhood he lives in. I'm for, is, I'm for bringing back Polak jokes. You know, <laughs> bring for, them back. For the 90s. Not oppressed enough as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> that was bring a big deal. Back. When I was a kid, it was all Polak jokes. Yeah, man. I mean. You're an Italiano. Down with the Pollocks! <laughs> Down with the Pollocks! So it was like, I think, so the neighborhood he lives in is like a very Polish neighborhood. Like there's Polish okay. stores and Polish this and that. And so he was speaking Polish drunkenly when he tried to punch my brother. And his <laughs> Polish girlfriend held him back. And my brother was like, and ran off. So that was funny. So he's run into some issues and I, I've always been like, be careful. Like don't get punched by another Polish guy out there. So <laughs> a couple of weeks ago he's running and like, I don't remember quite what happened, but he kind of like juked out something that was stationary, but he wasn't paying attention. Probably a, a stationary Polish man. Yeah. Stationary Polish man. He was probably smoking before he ran tight. Now that I know that's a thing. Um, and he juked it out, turned, rolled over, landed right on his shoulder, and his collarbone just snapped. Oh. It's bad. Like it, but they're not doing surgery or anything. They're letting, I guess, collarbones heal. Uh, what's the word? They he, like kind of heal on their own a lot of the time. So that's yeah. what they're doing with this one. So it was, He's going to be a freak for the rest of his life with an ingrown... Yeah. Collarbone now. He'll have kind of like a bump deformity for his li- yeah, rest of his life. I know. Yeah. All this to say, <laughs> Christmas was kind of uh, off, a little off, off here. this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little well, I feel off. Like it was here. off for most people. I don't, I don't know yeah. if anybody had a even even people that had a very traditional and whatever capacity you could call it a traditional Christmas. It's still like looming over your head and this is actually one of the things that i kind of want to talk about with the anti-work thing once once we get into that we can maybe do a couple more front pages before we get into the anti-work but like the idea of something that is sitting in your subconscious yes is, is still a functional part of your life even if you are not engaging with it right and so mm-hmm. with covid it's like and you know and this is this is always this is like a very challenging part of being alive right it's like you know you, you can always live with the potential of a car accident when you're driving but like that doesn't really benefit you necessarily even though it's right. a stressor right and like so with christmas it was like yeah i mean everybody is dealing with covid in one capacity or another so even if you're just like having a normal christmas there's still like the 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 shadow that sits in the background that that's kind of unavoidable yeah and that's kind of how i feel about work most of the time where it's like even if you're not on the clock you're still like on the clock if you're anxious about it. about it yeah um, and and so so that i think so i guess what i'm saying is your your christmas is probably similar to most people's christmases i know i i mean our chris my christmas was my christmas was awesome i really enjoyed it but we 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 went up to a goat farm in stockton we stayed at a goat farm and um why, why? Was it was this like um hey let's be different and stay at a goat farm in Stockton kind of a thing or did you know a guy 
could like it was, run it was reformer. I mean, we wanted we wanted to go. We I I've been like, hey man, like uh, let's go up to that. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure yeah. out that. I've, I've been like in unbelievable cabin fever lately. Like I just like ha- I'm like God, I gotta get out. And I like I'm also just like kind of on the fucking la sucks train right now which i gotta get out of every time i'm like i go in and out of it right now i'm in it and i'm in it in a way that it just like there's all i i think you know what it feels like i can feel the electricity in my brain like i like ever there's so much shit going on yeah like i can just the humming of everyday technology in a big city it feels like it's just like fucking lurching into my skull so And and we and we can't do anything. So I so it's just kind of like I'm just sitting with with I don't know with 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 kind of passive stress. So anyway, so we wanted to go somewhere. We were looking for somewhere. We kind of chose really late. We're just like fuck, man. What are we gonna do for Christmas? We got to get somewhere. I don't want to be here. Right. So we like picked a random Airbnb that had really great ratings, but it was a it's it was a farm. It was a cabin on a farm or a ranch rather. Um, these two women who had they have 15 goats they got three horses they got a bunch of cats and Hmm. the and the horses just kind of graze in front of your cabin and just like are they'll walk up to you and you tap them on the nose and say good horse and they go about their way the goats are just like around and like you know you can go in their pen like they're not just like wandering but you go in their pen and they just come up to you and they're so affectionate and so sweet and so it was so we had a we had a very like utopian goats? Christmas, but it was you know it wasn't, goats are like Washington saves Christmas. Yeah. That was about the most Christmas thing we did. That's cool. That's that Central Valley. It's it's kind of I've uh, my aunt and uncle live in Stockton. I spent a lot of my time as a kid in Stockton. It's wow. uh, it's a uh, it's a weird place. It doesn't get any very credit, <laughs> but it's it's part of the yep. uh, like Yosemite uh, sort of foothills that lead into like Gold Country that lead like up into the mountains, kind of like. Wow. Uh, delta system but it's real it feels really old-fashioned california in a nice way it it's is. like uh, there's just kind of like not much going on it's like it can be really hot in the summer you just sit there and you pet goats and like God, you know, that's and then there's a lot of asparagus there's like an asparagus scene up there there's like an asparagus festival it's always fun to hit it's a lot of good got a good, good so, uh, we're gonna go back i, I mean it was it was, awesome. it was it was it was it was objectively trump country which i think was a little bit hard to see but it was also you know it was one of those things where i just like was was i felt at peace and i don't know what it was i feel i was like part of it was like you know part of it was knowing that like when you're on christmas eve and christmas day if if somebody this goes back to the work thing if somebody hits you up about work they are an asshole right yes like it is you you get to be like fuck you man like there's a whole there, one of the most classic movies of all time is about the premise in which you're living right now dude like somebody hitting you up about work on that day and being like please I was, to go feed my crippled son right and then, and then this, you know what i mean like that's this the whole fucking premise yeah of movie. that happened to me on christmas eve i think like the morning of so like whatever that day was the 24th was like a thursday right. or maybe a wednesday so it was a week kind of thing and Guy, the guy who hit me up was uh, Jewish. Doesn't celebrate exactly. Christmas I, I, <laughs> because I work in Hollywood. Everybody's Jewish, totally. and I and I think totally. so. I I like I know the Jewish holidays now. I'm like basically Jewish, like from how yeah. because of because it's way be uh, the way to get a, a, a job in this town, you know. Um, <laughs> so 
I was like, huh, that's interesting. Like, I wonder if uh, you don't know it's Christmas, A, and like the whole world's celebrating Christmas, or B, you're sort of like anti-Christmas because you're Jewish and you're like, well, fuck Christmas. But on the flip side, on the Jewish holidays, if you like reach out to a Jewish person on a Jewish holiday, they're like, what the fuck are you doing, man? This is fucking Hanukkah. Like, they're really aggressive about it. And and you're like, okay, respect. My bad. Uh, But like, goes both ways, right? But yeah. <laughs> well, it's unfortunately Christmas. I mean, this is so. Why don't Why don't we just get into the the anti work thing? Because I think that we're yeah. kind of already segueing into it nicely anyway. We want to you know, talk we're, about we're gonna, it. We're gonna. I want to try to keep this from being like a gripe session, which I think it could easily be. I think that there's <clears throat> there's a lot of griping to be done, but I think that what's interesting about this sub and what I love about it, and I think Dog, I want you to kind of go into why you brought this up, some of the sidebar and some of that stuff, but it really is. It's a story of capitalism as much as it is a story of work. And I think that that is the, – the reason I bring that up is even as it pertains to Christmas and the way we're talking about Christmas is Christmas has become such a commodity and commodified holiday that it doesn't even retain its original intention, which then opens the door – for people who do are are like uh, you know are Jewish are not non practicing Christians or whatever, to rightfully say, oh we're working on this holiday, and then for you to be like, hey man, I really you know it's like Christmas. They'd be like, are you Christian? Be like, no. Well, so like, what's we gotta work, yeah. right? Yeah, because, yeah, because yeah. It's like the what? For, for what are you people, doing? Well, yeah, for a lot of people, working. it's just That's... like, dude, what you're gonna like? You're taking the day off on the the day that starbucks creates cups around like what like i don't fucking care right which which you know is is kind of a reality right and and you know and i think that it it is in a lot of ways considered like the most sacred of holidays for the kind of working working hours working class or whatever but you know maybe it's a byproduct of being in a city um where where you do kind of have a lot of different points of view and you have a lot of hustlers and the hustler mentality, but it does feel like this year felt like it was diminished for, for a lot of reasons. I don't know why, yeah. but it definitely felt a little bit more like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you need to take Christmas off, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a little bit of the attitude. So I feel like, yeah, I love that we're going to jump right into this right now because um, I definitely feel like this year has been like, an acceleration of the breakdown of work-life balance and like respecting those boundaries because those boundaries kind of went away. Like those, those were all at home working. So while that's kind of nice because we don't have to, you know, commute and whatnot, and we can like sit in our filthy pajama pants for three weeks straight and no one's going to know about it. But like with, (laughs) But at the same time, uh, you will get emails at all hours now. Like you're expected to be responding to emails from 8 a.m. on, 7 a.m. on. Like there's there's no like, oh, look around, you know, dog dog titties isn't in the office yet. So (laughs) when she gets in, she'll see this. It's like you're just expected. We all have phones and you need to be on it 24-7. Yeah, and this is this is interesting. this is something that I have brought up a lot because this past year because I am a manager of some people at at work, 
And so I have been keenly aware of this and I've been, I've been, I'm like almost feel like I'm the, like my, my, it's funny. It, like there are, uh, the relationship I have with work is such that I, I am very keenly aware of this issue and I try to keep people from, I try to shield people from it as much as I possibly can, or at least I'm, I try, yeah. but I, I don't feel like it's just not, it's a little bit of a losing battle. Right. Yeah. It kind of depends on what industry you're in, of course. And, you know, I, I have, I have some friends like my, you know, my best buddy, Nate, who is a, you know, who's a nurse. He, you know, when you're off the clock, you're off the clock. There's, you know, no one's, no one's going to hit you up. You're a nurse, right? Yeah. You can't really do anything. It has to be hands-on. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think anything that is pertains to like white collar work or like non-labor work, non-hands, you know, in-person work. Yeah. I think the internet has created this, bizarre reality of of constant work always on even when you're off because the there's no there's an access point at all times you know yeah and and that that's created a weird thing and you know in this so one of the things i want to get into so let's first talk a little bit about the sub itself dog yeah and i want to talk to you about your because a lot of this is like you have you have to be able to get through the mental block of feeling self worth problems by not working. Right? Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, you at the beginning of the year. I mean, obviously, we took some time because you know work was hard for you and you weren't being able to get it, which is antithetical to what this is all about. But yeah. obviously, it was a real feeling for you. So it's really interesting the relationship that you in particular have to this topic. Yeah. First, let's talk about the actual sub and and talk about the sidebar and some of this stuff. Yeah. Okay. So anti-work. It sounds like we're talking about laziness. We're not talking about laziness. There's a lot more to it. Um, I want to just really quickly segue. Like, yes, like it is not about laziness, but there are part of this. Like a lot of this is like it is in defense of being able to be lazy as a, as a self, um, self improvement tool. Yeah. Rest. Um, It's like, we've conflated laziness and rest and the natural rest that human bodies need with, you know, laziness. And that's, that's an issue. So, okay. Unemployment for all, not just the rich. That's the uh, tagline for this one, which I think is already pretty telling because if we talk about anti-work and we look at the people who don't work, it's people like Jeff Bezos. He He probably works for maybe three hours a day. I think it was said that he, he gets eight hours of sleep every night. He makes three decisions every day. And then you look at people who work in his factories and they're working 12 to 13 hours a day, falling down, passed out because they're forced to stand for so long. And you're thinking, okay, if working's so great, why wouldn't the rich have saved it all for themselves? So anyway, about the community. Well, yeah, I, I, let's, let's, let's circle back to that because I actually have an interesting I, – I, I, I will never defend Jeff Bezos. That's not what this is about, but – you know, by that logic, though, is he ever not work? Like, what are we calling work? Because, you know, That's those three decisions he makes is, is That's a great question. labor and work are not the same thing. And mm-hmm. and I think that's that in itself is kind of complicated where it's like we want to say Jeff Bezos isn't fucking working. But like, 
he's Jeff Bezos. I don't know if you're ever never you're never not working again. And yeah. He also, if, he also if what you want yeah. to do is not think about the thing you do for money. You know. Right. That's a good point. There's a great article that we can talk about that they list here that talks about the rise of bullshit jobs right. in the past like 50 years, which I think will be a great time, like great time to talk about that. What were you going to say, Freed? Sorry, we cut you off. Oh, uh, I mean, the Bezos thing, I, yeah, I mean, he, he worked for like 15 years, 24 seven to get to the point where he doesn't have to work at 50. So, you know, I, I think that one's like a little, mis- it, you know, he, he earned it in a lot of ways, I think, by being right. somebody who, you know, pushed against, everyone told him this isn't going to work. Who's going to buy books on right. a computer? And then he's like, fuck all of you. And now he's the richest right. man in the world. So to some extent, you know, he gambled yeah. huge, he worked his ass off and it paid off. But yeah, I mean, this is, this is an to interesting that's, topic. That's the American dream, I think, too. It's like, yeah, it, well, I think, fuck. but it, it, this is his, his specific business has, has done things no other business has, which is why totally. it's, it's different. But, you know, there's a lot of people like that that don't have to. I, I don't think we're, just, we're not going to close what the it, loop on any yeah. of, any of these topics, by the way, Th- these are all, these all could go on. Like there are, there are like massive philosophical schools yeah. of thought entirely about one of these topics so like we're not going to close the door on any of them we're kind of good point like, addressing some of them i think but you know that because like even mentioning the american dream is a fascinating topic because yeah. the american dream is built on i don't want to say it's built on a lie but it's built on a an ex- expe- expectation of productivity mm-hmm. that has has become this mutated blob of, of kind of like a cancer cell yeah. uh, to the human soul that in order to achieve this so-called American dream uh, as somebody who has kind of been a byproduct of it, I feel like it is no longer a, a self-satisfying endeavor. Yeah. And so the American dream is like a big question is a bit, is kind of a, a, a central part of this because the American dream is so wrapped up in America's specific version of capitalism, which is ultimately what this sub is about. Anyway, continue, Doc. Sorry, sorry. I'm like, I was reading about last night, and I was like, this hits a lot of things I've been thinking about. You're you're right, and you're right. These are all great topics that we'll talk about um, in this episode. So the community is a subreddit for those who want to end work, are curious about ending work, want to get the most out of a work-free life, want more information on anti-work ideas, and want personal help with their own job slash work-related struggles. There are 212,000 idlers online right now, or no, just subscribed, and 714 are currently not working on this subreddit. (laughs) So they're actually on there right now. It was created in 2013. And then there is uh, the sidebar that has frequently asked questions, a link to a website called abolishwork.com, um, right. an anti-work library with different articles, essays, and books that you can take a look at, and then a lot of related subreddits, which we kind of touched on at the beginning. Um, uh, late-stage capitalism is one of it, which boss man, slave driver, it's your dad, right. did mention, um, including yeah, anarchism is another one, cooperatives, cooperatives, co-ops, um, I hate my job, or just hate my job, um, lost generation, mutualism, 
radical mental health, simple living. So different subreddits to kind of like, I think the reality is people realize like not working at all is not a reality in this world, but working as little as possible and focusing on the things that actually are very important in life, like your family, your friends, um, traveling, you know, interacting with the world around you as opposed to especially my favorite article is about bullshit jobs, which I think is so telling instead of spending all of my time on, you know, bullshit jobs. It's, it's, um, it's really, it's really crazy. It's kind of, it's kind of sad. So anyway, right. This is not, this is, I think is like, it's it, when I first kind of wandered into this subreddit, um, I think I wandered into it this year and it was through a lot of different, like kind of pessimistic subreddits that I was kind of floating around because of my just mental state of where I was, which was unemployed, the beginning of the, um, pandemic, not knowing, you know, how long the livable unemployment benefits, which were adding up to enough money to cover rent and bills, how long that was going to last seeing as, you know, it was temporarily bumped up. So it's like all this stress of realizing, like, even if you don't love working and you're not like, this is my craft, I make jewelry or I am a farmer and I am one with the earth and I put food literally on people's tables. I, you, you, it's, it's not really personal fulfillment so much as you're almost like, um, you're almost like a hostage to the world around you. Hostage Um, is the perfect word. Like that, that I think the, the best word to describe, I think the sentiment that a lot of people feel with this and I, I think a lot of people you know it, i i i yeah i i you know when i talk to my therapist the the kind of resonant theme that we often talk about is my uh, fear of having freedom taken from me and i don't mean mm. freedom in kind of the american colloquial context yeah but it's this kind of freedom where it's like the dexterity to do what you want to do and be who you want to be at any time yeah is is something that i think we all crave and that is i think ultimately what the american idealism or kind of you know the the even like the um the propagandized american idealism is about right which is about you know the american dream as as kind of you mentioned earlier freed is like being able to be free and do what you want to do to live your life the way you want to live right but increasingly the idea of being hostage to a system that you don't agree with to jobs that you don't believe in, to worlds that you don't you don't um, condone, I think is is kind of becoming an increasingly pertinent topic and in, in a in something that I think is is more relatable every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, yeah, this is know. Ted Kaczynski's whole shtick, man. You're it's right. Not that we're, not that we're Ted pro Ted Kaczynski dropping bombs, but like you're so right. I, the, the hostage thing, uh, yeah, that, that word is like, that's the theme of this podcast, I would you're say. So, yeah. And you you're right. Through like, when you start looking into him, you get a little freaked out about how at the very beginning you're like, wait, this is not the worst idea. What happened? Why did you take it this direction? Totally. Yeah, you should have just ran for office, man. And like, run for office, man. Could have been Bernie. 
Because he could have been Bernie pretty easily. Uh, if he got the hair. Blow people he absolutely could have been Bernie pretty easily. Yeah, he could have. So this uh, is like an example, I think, of like one of the standard memes or standard kind of posts that you, not a meme, but a post you see here is like people post about, post like tweets or uh, posts from Facebook and stuff. And you see a lot of stuff like this. Like, I'm so tired of hustle culture. I'm not on earth to work myself to death for money. And I won't be shamed into feeling otherwise. There's more to life than multiple streams of income, which reminds me even of this, P. Diddy apparently went on Instagram last week and was talking about how if this year didn't bring out the hustle in you, it ain't in you. And it's like, oh, damn, P. Diddy said, wealthy people are so out of touch and I wish they'd shut the fuck up sometimes. <laughs> and it's stuff like that that I think people who are, I think this stuff maybe used to be inspiring before people realize we're not all going to hustle our way into being millionaires. We're not all going to hustle our way into being billionaires. Like it's a bit of proper. It's a lot of propaganda. I think. Yeah, it is. It's like fascinating dog. Like just the fact that it is validated. The hustle is yeah. validated through the money, the, the mon. it's like the tax bracket that you enter validated for for you to say um not everybody's gonna hustle to become a millionaire or a billionaire like that is that is like the core issue is that we yeah. do all these things as a means of giving us the the assets and the 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 wealth that we need to be able to do what what is the thing we're doing and i think that thing buy is, stuff is well it's buy stuff but it's also like the freedom to not have to worry about shit right yeah and and i think that we are uh, we are a society that you know i play in a band called melted bodies right and in a lot mm -hmm. of our songs i think kind of are a little bit about this where it's like you know in la if you we have I mean, the reason i bring this up we have a song literally about this where it's like if you get if you like are fucking driving and a squirrel runs out in front of you and you like slam your brakes and you hit the guy in front of you's car and he gets out and he goes oh hell yeah this is perfect oh yeah my back hurts oh I yeah, I got you. Got to I got to got to get this fixed, man. I, you owe me fifty grand. And then you're just like, "What are you talking about? I don't know how you're you're fine." He's like, "No, nah, I think I'm probably hurt actually." Yeah. Fifty grand, right? And like, and then you hire a lawyer. The the lawyer goes, "Hell yeah, let's do this." Actually, let's get that up to a hundred and fifty grand. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, that person who had the fender bender is like in debt for the rest of their life, right? Because that is the system that America is built on for whatever yeah. fucking reason. And so we do these things. We work as, a, as an exercise in creating security for ourselves. And that security is designed to protect us against crazy shit like that. Right? Yeah. Like it almost feels like it's a lot less about, oh, I want to buy a house. And it's a lot more like, well, if I get fucking sued by some crazy person or if I like – get cancer and my insurance drops to me because I, they don't want to pay for it. Like I got to be able to do it on my own. Right. And like, that is, that is the hostage. Like that yeah. is where the hostage thing is really fucking palpable. Cause I don't, I mean, a lot of people probably feel, uh, you know, uh, that like they're hostage to the desire to have a really fucking nice car, really nice clothes. And, you know, especially living in a place like LA, of course, but that's not where I feel the hostage. I feel the hostage in the inability to, 
literally stay alive or or keep the basic necessities of life because our country is so fucking ruthless. Yeah. So quick to dismiss anybody who can't st- keep up with themselves, right? Totally. There, there's this article um, that they link to that it's eight myths about work. Right. I love um, this let me. Yeah, see. the mythology of work is what it's called. Yeah, and it's so, this is pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool, Ed. We're gonna link some of these in. Um, I'll put some in the the private chat right now for anybody who's paying attention. But we will we'll link we'll link these in our uh, in our subreddit as well for anybody who's paying attention. So this is kind of what you were talking about, I think, is like this myth that work creates wealth and this idea that if we work really, really, really hard, we can be in Jeff Bezos position or we can be even in our boss's position. Um, Work doesn't, this is not my, these aren't my words. This is from this article. Um, Work doesn't simply create wealth where there was only poverty before. On the contrary, so long as it enriches some at others' expense, work creates poverty too in direct proportion to profit. I'm no economist, so if you guys are economists out there and this doesn't ring true, please let us know. Um, I am just, you know, this is interesting. Well, and So I, I studied economics. That was actually oh, one of yeah. the things. And I'm like, I'm kind of... Of anything I did in college and kind of anything I've learned, I think economics, for whatever fucking reason, is the one that is always the most precious to me. Yeah. I think think it's because, you know, the way I've always thought about economics is it's not – I did not get a – I did not get a degree in economics because I didn't want to become an economist. So I studied economics, got my minor, and then just like took classes about topics in economics that I thought were interesting. That's awesome. Yeah, and most of it was macroeconomics. So I was really interested in in why like countries and regions make the decisions they make, um, and as, as compared to like microeconomics about like you know minute details and kind of the way things function. But but you know the whole idea that economics is about money, I think, is fundamentally wrong. Economics is about the the behavior or the 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 uh, it's the science of human decision making, right? Because everything is under yeah. the assumption that people are, are reacting and re- are making choices rationally. Like that's the whole premise of economics is that, you know, when you do something, like if you're, you know, you're going to see, uh, you know, a car is coming at you, the rational decision is to get out of the way, right? And mm. economics functions under the idea that people are always acting rationally so that you can make predictive models about how they react. But I think that rational, I think, is becoming an increasingly um, – increasingly predictable variable right because we don't know what rational is to people anymore because people yeah. are doing irrational things all the time it's irrational for people to be ignoring covid right knowing that it dramatically affects their industries or jobs their health or whatever right like yeah. it's irrational for someone to risk their life that much but people are doing it anyway and then and then the other thing about economics that i think is really important for for most people to consider because this uh, this is like the this is the human decision making is is opportunity cost that we are all kind of constantly playing this game of 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 making decisions based on opportunity cost and you know um and you know what that means if you're if you don't know anything about uh, about economics is the the cost of you not doing something 
as well as the thing that your cost of you doing something. So like, what is the opportunity cost of not going to college, right? Well, the cost then is not being able to get a, de- a degree that then allows for you to make, you know, 80 grand instead of 30 grand. And right. then, you know, not being able to take advantage of fucking, I don't know, fraternity, LinkedIn relationships, whatever. Like you can kind of play that game for as, as far as you want to go. But I think that it's also a trap because yeah. it's become that thing where people go, oh, well, the opportunity cost of you not going to college is really high. And then everybody gets that thing. And then people go, oh, actually, we were wrong. It's actually like, you know, you should have gotten a trade because there's too many people that went to college now, right? Yeah. So, so anyway, a little bit of a tangent, but like that's, so as it pertains to economics, I think this is a little bit of the thing. And I think with with what you're talking about here, it's it's kind of the idea that in modern capitalism, you can't not, you, you have to have people that are um, creating wealth gap because yeah. that's like that competition is what drives the economy theoretically mm-hmm. right right but that again is also collapsing as we speak so but the line that got me in this one uh there are a few other myths in here that are really interesting that maybe we'll touch on but is the line that poverty is not an objective condition but a relationship produced by unequal distribution of resources so for every bill gates a million people must live below the poverty line for every shell oil there has to be a Nigeria. So it's like these people become outrageously wealthy at the expense of peop- other people. Like, I don't, I don't know if that's true. Like, I mean, I, like, I, 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 it, it sounds like it makes sense, but because Bill Gates has money doesn't mean I don't have that money. No. I take my, and I th- not yours. The reason I bring this up is because. That- there are like exploitative practices within their companies that allow their profits to go up where they don't even provide like, like livable wages to people who work in their factories, for instance. Right. Yes. Right. Like and, the, and the reason yeah. you don't, I mean, the reason you can't provide, so this is the relationship between with inflation, right? Because if you, if you, if, there's there's a finite amount of money. There's not a finite amount of money, but the way, the reason there's a finite amount of money is because if you just flood the market with more money, be like, why don't we just make more money to give to people? Then that creates inflation, which not, means that well, you know, I mean, kind of, but also creates fun. I, I don't know. Like, I, I think you can, I think you can keep creating money forever because why the fuck not? I don't know. Like what? Well, there is no, there's no breaking point because it's all made up anyway. So you might as well just increase the scope of what you think you can yeah. make. I mean, it is it is all made up. Who gives a shit? But, but you know, there's no like rule. <laughs> well, I don't. There isn't. It's all it's all I mean, an idea. I, I know I know what you mean, and I, I agree with you. But I guess this is the complicated thing: is like everything is everything has a relationship with the system in which it's built on. Right. So, you know, because we have a system in which if, you know, if you, like, if you increase, uh, let's say like, we just, you know, we give, we just go, Oh, everybody wants more money. Well, fuck man. We'll just print more money here. Here's more money. Right. Then all of the places that were, uh, that 
I mean, this is the this is the theories within economics. I'm not necessarily saying we. I completely agree with this, but like the ideas then are that oh, everybody now has way more money. Well, that means that the things in which people are spending their money on the the value in which we are attributing to that, we are now going to up the price on because there's so much money now that the money is worth less because everybody has more of it. Right. So all of a sudden, instead of it being like, oh, that Chanel bag, like, I mean, this is actually a good example when you think about luxury goods, right? Because luxury goods, like the only reason it's luxury is exclusivity, right? So if you give everybody more money and everybody goes, I'm going to go out and get a Chanel bag, right? And then Chanel goes, oh, now our bags are worth much less, which now decreases the value in them. So the only way we can keep the value is by increasing the price to make it less accessible so that less people can get it. But more people already have so much more money. So now all of a sudden the bag costs two grand or five grand instead of two grand. And then the people with two grand where they would have gotten that bag now go, oh, I can no longer afford that five grand bag. Right. This is what I want to talk about next because there's really no inherent value in that bag, but people are stupid and emotional. Not people, like I'm not saying people are stupid, but people are stupid and emotional. Not I'm not stupid, saying people are stupid, but people are stupid. But people are fucking stupid. They, they are. are. They well, I mean, who, well, you know, the fact that people emotionally fall for these goofs and gaps drive, drive these prices. And if you can, um, and we all are fall prey to this, but like there are tools that, have a function and then there are things you buy that you do not need and and i think uh, you know buying a luxury bag is is a status symbol in a community that you feel like now you're a ranking member in that community and it's really just it's it's you sort of like falling prey to some kind of you know click click system click beat social program that's that's kind of all made up and you know if, if you one of the big thoughts I had from my essay work is is like you know even living in LA feels like a, like a scam you know it's like totally. we're we're kind of competing to like live in a cool house in a cool neighborhood and have like a cool car and have a cool TV and it's like why you know and and I think there are options like America is like a big place with a lot of open space and there's other places you right. can go that are much more affordable that you could probably get by with less. And I think we're kind of in this like glut attitude of like That's the point. more, more, more. And and yep. w- my big takeaway from this sub is like, you're working to get those things that you think you need, but I bet you don't, you know? Uh, I don't think you need right. like the purse or, or like a cool car. Totally. Probably not. Like there's probably a way to like figure out another version of, of what you think you're working for that, that doesn't cost very much. And, and I think you sort of just get in the grind of like shopping and buying, like doing it. Yeah. And it's really hard to like pull yourself out of it because it's like, it's like breaking up with someone that's like a mediocre relationship. It's like, <laughs> sometimes it's like easier to just like stay in it. And I feel like that's how I feel with LA. A lot of the time, I'm like, I feel oh, like I'm in this relationship that I'm like, I should have broken up with you five years ago, but like I didn't. Now we're in it. Like, now we're like in it might as well just like, <laughs> like or should we like move to new mexico and and you know could, could you still do what you do in a way for half the 
the right. cost and be and have twice right. the free time and like those are my takeaways from a lot of this is like in back to the bag it's like i don't know if we need to fucking pack it yeah i was thinking well, you, two things one thing if everyone can afford the chanel bag my solution is they start making them out of human flesh i like it there, and now we're then, talking economics they, then they become a little bit more rare just by how right. they make them rare yeah, well, it that is, is true. that is also that is still cap. I mean, that's capitalism at work. Like you're yeah. creating rarity for the sake of doing this. I'm nothing so, if not a capitalist. You are you are nothing if not a capitalist. So so what you said was really interesting there, Freed, because I think you're talking about it through material goods, but I think particularly as it pertains to this subreddit, what's interesting about our relationship with LA is I feel like it's a lot less. Uh, you know, opportunity to live in a in a like luxurious opportunistic environment, and a lot more to be exposed and close to the industry that a, that allows for you to succeed and be productive, which I think is actually kind of a bigger problem. And also, that's that is what I think LA sells. Is it sells like, oh, you want to be a writer? You got to move to LA. You got to be in LA. Oh, you want to. Make it yeah. in Hollywood, son. You got to go to Los Angeles, right? And so come, it's... Come sit on my couch. Come sit on my couch. So, so it's a little bit of all start sucking. From the economic teat, dude. Like Silicon Valley. It's like Silicon Valley. It's like, oh, you want to work in tech? You want to you wanna work in tech, young man? Like, you got to go to Silicon Valley. And then and then it creates a lot of the, you know, that's where you get into that basic supply and demand. High instead rents, of being about, oh, I want to, I want to have the nice things. I want to get a Tesla, whatever. It's a little bit more like, no, I want to succeed. I want to be considered productive. I don't want to be a failure by not being able to do the things that, that make, make me feel like a productive member of society. So I have to go to a place like that. And I think that is actually kind of the, a bigger problem is like the fact that we we view these cities that are that we're hostage to as the the like the uh one true bastion of potential productive um self-fulfillment right Which yeah is really I, th- what I think about, it's all about. i think about that a lot as it pertains to creativity because we all work in some kind of a creative job and la is like you know the creative jobs city media city and you end up i was saying you know a lot of the jobs i've had that are quote unquote like creative hires where i'm supposed to be coming up with ideas for other people's whatever they're paying me for you end up um basically managing the stress uh or you get managed is what happens so right like somebody brings me on to work at an ad agency for a day rate of anywhere from 500 to a thousand dollars a day that's a lot of money you know and they want to make sure they're getting the every penny worth out of that that money and so you know being creative <laughs> for a job doesn't look like you're working a lot of times it looks like you're fucking for me it's like sweeping the sidewalk raking totally. leaves pruning a bush sanding a table like i'm it's it's all stuff i'm doing while i'm thinking about something else if you're in an office doing that 
Yeah. It would actually be great. I should be a janitor at an ad agency. And they'd be like, what are you doing? That's our top writer. <laughs> the most productive writer there. Yeah. It's the most productive writer here. That guy mops and writes. That actually would make me happier because you get a little movement, a little exercise. Um, That's what you should ask for every agency when you start. You're like, could I get a mop and bucket? Can I Can I get a mop job? Because well, at an agency, every... <laughs> Every, you know, 30 minutes is a meeting or somebody comes in, they go, what are you working on? And it's like, well, I was thinking I was about to have a thought. Now I'm not because I got this meeting. So it's like you spend this day uh, trying to be creative, but you end up being managed by the process that. And so then it doesn't happen. So point is, like, is being in a city that costs a lot and, and has those, ex, you know, expensive sort of benchmarks to hit? Does it make sense? to be creative at all and and it probably doesn't but we all do it anyway and and you're like well i should be in new mexico where i have a ton of free time and no bills and i could probably have the freedom to come up with really great ideas because i have the space to do it well i I think the relationship we have with cities i mean this is this is one of the big 2020 revelations for me as well and this, this is actually very interesting that we're doing this as our last episode of 2020 is because a lot of these topics i feel like are uniquely magnified because of 2020 like cities i think are a really important topic because you know and granted freed and dog i don't know how much you guys do city things but like in la i do tons of shit that i can yeah. do, right i'm constantly playing shows or going to shows I'm going to gallery openings. I'm going to fucking new weird restaurants that I would never be able to get where I'm from, right? Murdering now homeless has eradicated everything. You can't do that. So right. now it's just you're, you're living in a city yeah. that's expensive. Well, I think everybody feels this way about cities across America. It's like, well, what's the point if, if I'm paying all these bills then I can't do the cool shit that I'm here to do? Right. New York, San Francisco, LA, you know, totally. it's all this like people are like, I'm here for the, you know, the filet mignon uh sushi uh nipple roll. Yeah. I'm I'm here for the experience. Like I'm here for the yeah. culture. I'm here for the things that are uniquely a byproduct of 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 a city <laughs> trying to explore itself, right? Yeah. The coolest thing about New York is is being like 25 single and just being out, like working, totally. living, bars, right. drinks, dating. It's like, it's great, right? It's Trying really great. after work on the way home. Maybe, hey, meeting a random yeah. so-and-so, being like, hey, you want to go to this club? And then you hey, go that roll. behind that dumpster? Like, that's the <laughs> kind of stuff that is just so New York, and you just don't get that this year. It's just so New York, just like throwing pizza at people on the street and punching Polish people. It's just, yeah. you don't get it with the coronavirus. But it's true, and, and people... I mean, yeah, across America, have have fled cities because of that, right? It's right. Yeah. Like, well, might yeah, as well and, go and that, raise and I, eagles I, in Colorado or something. Well, and this is and this is the big. So I think let's let's get back to this one article about the the crime crimethink dot com, mm. where there's the eight the eight thing. What is it? The eight uh, the eight myths yeah. of of work. Because the other the other thing too about this is I don't I have this thought constantly about like. Oh, cool. When I leave the city, but then I go, well, what, what, what would I, what can I do? What, what, what am I going to be able to do? And, and that I think is, is also, I don't want to say it's a, a generational thing, but it definitely feels like this conversation is not unique to us three, right? A lot of people are having a similar conversation right now, especially as it pertains to 2020. And I think a lot of people are like, 
oh, cool, maybe I'll move to Ohio or, oh, maybe I'll move to fucking Amsterdam. Maybe I'll move to whatever. But then there's a kind of a follow-up resonant thought of like, well, how do I do what I do there? I don't, huh. And yeah. that I think is really troubling. And that is another one of those hostage. That's another byproduct of this, which is that the feeling of being hostage to both your past, your resume, you know, your, your like, you know, track record, your um, golden handcuffs. Like there's a lot of things that you can feel hostage to. Yeah. And in some capacity, I actually, I really like admire parents for this reason. Cause I think at a certain degree, you know, freed, I'm sure you have this thought often where you're just like, man, if I didn't have kids, I would fucking be in, I'd be raising llamas in Phoenix right now. Right. I'd be down but, in Portugal, dude, down in the Southern hemisphere, up in the Portugal's. Uh, <laughs> Just just raising squid hats, making squid hats. I love (laughs) that. The dream of a single bachelor is raising squid hats. I'm just a simple Um, expat making squid hats up in the Portugals. Up in the Portugals, dude. Mm. Um, But it is, but you know. I want a squid hat now. That sounds dope. Get the little dangle dangles right here. All all the dangles. Um, And people say squid is the closest thing to human skin, so that's nice. They do say that. I have a kid. I feel like you you don't, or like when you have a family, your obligations change, and it kind of forces you to like no longer entertain the other things, and not not as like a defeatist thing, as much as a like what what's good for this, we shall figure it out, right? Yeah. And and so there's a little bit of an admiration about that. I love right. There is a, I mean, for me that that was not a bad thing in that it was like a clear, it was a clarity thing where it was like, it Oh, this is it actually feels good. like, um, like, uh, Oh, this is great. Like, this is what I was meant to do. And I, and I really love doing it. Um, and, right. and I get more satisfaction because I've b- before kids, like before marriage and all stuff, like I, you know, I think the last, like I went on like a big around the world trip when I was like 30 and I was like single. Right. I think I was, I don't know. I can't remember, but, um, I was right around there. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to like travel and like live on the, I had like money and I was just like going. Man. And at a certain point I was super bored. I was like, I'm in these places. I'm, I'm meeting interesting people and I'm like riding an elephant here and there and whatever. And, and you're like, it's uh, but at a certain point you're like hanging out with people that are just like floating around and aren't really doing anything. And you're like, Oh, like I want like I want to plant some roots and and do something that's not just like, yeah, smoking, you know, smoking weed and riding elephants. Like that's cool for a vacation, but right like, for the forever of it all, I I realize like I I like being in a place. I like you know like yeah on one thing or or you know plant planting those roots. For me, it was like I got to an age where I didn't want to just like float around. Yeah, um, that nomad life was behind you it sounds great and i did it when i was like 20 or something and then i did it when i was like 30 or something and yeah and it was, at 20 you're like i could do this forever and at 30 i was like i don't this is i i want like fresh socks you know yeah. i need socks right. luckily I, socks are super I, cheap. I feel like i want to i'm just such a homebody that i just want to be like in one place not see any humans interact phone calls no i don't want anything i just want my Sims, a TV where I can watch Matlock and uh, the Waltons, which is my new favorite show. I don't, I don't know about that show, but have you considered a move like to like a New Mexico or something? 
I I think not someday, that I want you to leave because I I liked seeing you, but uh, this is yeah. not personal. No, I, there I are I'm these good. other cities that are kind of popping up that you're like. Sounds pretty fucking sweet. Yeah. Like right now it's like I'm close to my mom. I'm close to, you know, uh my friends, but like I would love to move ideally like north northwest kind of little cabin. That's just my dream. That would be amazing. You know what else is going on? You want to join a white supremacy cult in Oregon. <laughs> I think that's what you're looking for. Want to infiltrate one, bring them down from inside. I think you're going for the serial killer vibe. You want to investigate serial killers. They're all but the I described right? uh, Ted Kaczynski's entire like vibe, didn't I? I cabin, yeah. alone, cabin, alone, TV, making supplies. Lock. Not that I would use them for that. I wouldn't. I think, I think yeah, this is this is not a good time to be talking about bomb making supplies. Since yeah, we didn't talk on that. We, we missed yeah, it. We don't even we don't even talk about it anymore. If you haven't if you haven't heard about that, then you've been under a rock somehow. But there was a car bomb in fucking Nashville that destroyed a tire city block. Insane. You know what? I didn't. I didn't. I don't. I've sort of. I'm off the news. Right. I'm fucking off. Yeah. I'm no more news. Do you not know if about I see this? it? I avoid it. I didn't know about it for a couple of days and someone mentioned oh, wow. it and I kind of ignored it and I still haven't looked into it. So I don't even know what's going on. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. Like I, I've been off news this entire year slash maybe past three years. And I, it took a long time for me to like ancillarily piece it together. It's weird. It's like the news did not cover it very well. I don't think. Uh, no, it was, yeah. <laughs> okay, wait. Find, but uh, find more about it on on deeptube dot dot net. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm going deeptube for sure. So I have another thought that's um, a conversation starter thought about anti work that I think okay. we might might we might evolve to maybe hopefully it's I think it's an optimistic thought a positive idea, but you know as as we've progressed to um, uh, gender pronouns. 15 bathrooms, you know, all the sort of personal, uh, racial, sexual uh, preferences have those. The, I think that space in the workplace has progressed uh, in, in you know, a good way, right? Yeah. People people have the space to be who they want now. And I think workplaces are like, great, cool. Improving, yeah. Improving, uh, all good. Now, I, the idea is, is like, as, as you go, as we get, as the next generation of people get jobs, is, could there be a movement? And I don't have a name for this. Maybe we come up with it. But like, uh, as I get in, as you hire me for your employee, part of, one of the questions I would ask is like, do you participate in the thought of um, homework life balance, whatever you call it? Now, every company says they do, but like, this would be actually holding them to it. Mm -hmm. It's like I, you know, I only work here from nine to six. Um, and I, and I don't return emails like at, on the weekends, like if you can, if there's some kind of a movement where just like it was like, um, pronouns or something yeah, right. where, where, um, it became the, the sort of, you know, the accepted trend, yeah. um, could, could that make workplaces a become more appealing to work at, which I'm sure they, it would be. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, could that become the standard? And then when a, when a company tries to like turn you into their slave and you talk about it, it makes the company look worse. Right. Right. Just like it would, if they said like, no, we don't believe in uh, gay people working here or something like company yeah. would, would get sort of political shit for that. 
So yeah, almost like a company coming out and saying like, our policy is no emails after eight o'clock or no emails after seven o'clock and everyone being like, what a, what a progressive way to look at, you know, healthy separation of work and home life. And everybody says, I think a lot of companies would say they believe in that, but nobody actually follows through it. And there's, there's an easy way to, to actually deal with it. Now, now whoever's like the CFO there is worried about the bottom line. They go, fuck no. Like if we have a job that needs to get done, I expect people to do it. But you you sort of have to like take a backseat to that and think of the long game, which is um, better employees that are going to work there longer and and you're going to actually create long lasting value versus like some sort of short term, short term gain. Yeah. I, I don't, it, to me, like that's where this whole thing also could go. And and I think there should be a name for it and maybe it's anti-work or like, yeah, that'd be yeah, I mean, it's too negative, but well, and this is, this is ultimately an, an so a couple things there. So I think that that is a social, you're, you're, you're proposing a social movement. That's that, what that I do. Social. I'm all about that's social movement. No pants. <laughs> Fruit punch in the office. <laughs> and I think, I think, you know, when you, when you think about like gender neutrality, um, people of color, like whatever, a lot of these, a lot of the contemporary workplace social movements, you know, they are a byproduct of some massive injustice. That's, that's obviously created inequality. Um, and you know, a cynic, a cynical perspective on it, which I think I do entertain to some degree is that, brands go oh yeah this is good for us if we say we're going to do it and then they obviously don't right right um see that a lot i also think that there's a little bit of a i don't think it's an impracticality but i think there's a difference between being overtly open and in in and all that and then versus kind of what we've seen which is like hire people of color now immediately hurry right and then and then i think a lot of brands i think have struggled to do that for a variety of reasons right but yeah. you know, France. I believe I don't know the exact rule, but I'm almost positive France actually has a law on the books about not working past seven or something like that. Um, it yeah. has like a it's a workplace infringement. Yeah, and we, and you know we we, we have a similar thing with 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 minimum, we you know with with uh with minimum wage. You know there there are there are laws in place designed to protect workers, but you know. Unfortunately, we've also seen the degradation of labor, labor, labor laws and labor unions that would help prevent some of this. And I think another I mean, this is what we were said at the beginning where it's like, you know, there, there's so many different ripples from this that we could go. And I don't you know, it, it's hard to really kind of. Yeah. On subreddit. But uh, you guys saw American Factory, right? Oh, yeah. No. So American Factory is, is an amazing documentary. It came out last year. It was about a Chinese company buying a factory in Ohio and, and essentially, they're, you know, uh, they're a glass factory They They make uh, windshields and things for cars right. and they're the biggest glass manufacturer in the world. And uh, they, they bought this old factory and, and they're, you know, essentially putting a bunch of money in into it and like, yeah. yeah. in Dayton and like, you know, it was, it's supposed to be a really good thing for, for the city, but <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> it wasn't that simple. Yeah, and, and it was yeah, it wasn't that simple. And then it was also, you know, the the big thing for me that that like genuinely scared me when I was watching this because of this exact conversation was seeing that uh, the way in which Chinese workers work is a joyless, utterly hostage to the company 
situation as a normality, right? So, you know, in some, some would say, oh, American workers are lazy, but like that is, that is the core problem is that, that there are other countries who go, oh yeah, we don't, our people don't give a fuck, man. They'll, they'll work, they'll work 12 hours, no problem. They don't need holidays. They don't need anything. And then they go home and they smoke cigarette. They have a beer. They like say hi to their kid and they go to bed and they live their life that way. And that's like the, that was kind of the version Now, granted it's a documentary. It's an American documentary is produced by the, by Obama's actually. So like they were never going to make them look great, presumably, but it, it was scary because you, you see, you see the way that I, that, that capitalism is fucking mutating in this desire to work forever. And then what happens in a system where we go, Oh well, we got to cut out labor laws because it's ruining our bottom line, right? Oh, like, like Google. People have been trying to fucking, or not Google, but Amazon. People have been trying to organize for Amazon for like a decade. Yeah. Every single time it happens, they get fired, right? So like nobody is organizing these labor labor law or uh, unions in, in, at Amazon, and it's created like this. This like fear again, where like, oh, thank you, thank you so much. I, I'm so gr- grateful to have a job. Thank you. Right. What about those yeah, commercials I, I keep know. seeing on TV about how great it is to work at Amazon? Oh, that yeah. is. Those are the freakiest commercials. <laughs> Wait, hold on. About about American Factory. I think about this that movie all the time, but one particular Same. scene. Okay. There's a scene where this uh, this guy who's like come over to Dayton. He's from China. He's like a manager, and he works. 20 hours a day he goes home to this like crummy apartment he eats like an old fish he caught in the river that's like full of chemicals totally. he eats totally. it he's like it's which is like crazy you're like don't eat that fish man that's full of fucking Purdue chemical uh and then he and then he sits outside of his apartment and he's you know like you see the chinese guys squat in their flip-flops and he's like smoking totally. a cigarette over like a folgers can and he's like this is the best part of my day is like this five minutes and, and there's a scene and you go like i know exactly so, what you're talking about you know the scene so i watch that and i'm like man that seems depressing every day after like i put, <laughs> uh, put my kids to bed like it's it like get get the kids up at seven o'clock make a good breakfast work all day non-stop finally put them to bed like everyone's in bed by nine i like sit down for 10 minutes and i'm like best part of my day and it lasts for like five minutes and i'm like dude totally. i feel like that chinese guy now like in that movie dude like there's yeah. these little like windows of like relaxation but they don't last because if if you if you right. get too lazy someone will come take your job and you'll listen I know. it's crazy uh it's, it is it is crazy and we are we are hostage to that so so we're gonna we're, we're gonna we, we've kind of decided live on this pod as we've kind of been talking about this that this is this is definitely deserving of a two-part episode so we're gonna do uh, a second part of this next week or next episode that i want to actually talk for the next episode i want to really get into some of the articles that are considered the the stalwart uh, the stalwart pieces of literature about the anti-work movement that kind of inform a lot of the thought process. Because a lot of what we're talking about right now and a lot of what we've been talking about through this through this episode is kind of some of the contemporary philosophical conundrums that we kind of deal with. But there is a basis for these. So I think to end it, I yeah. do want to talk about the eight the eight myths of work, which I think is a good segue into what we'd be talking about next time. Um, but 
just to put put that on everybody's radar because I, I again like i said at the beginning i don't want to gripe the whole time and i hopefully this doesn't feel like we're griping i think a lot of people probably relate to this but yeah. i do think there's room there is what's beautiful about the sub is it's a balance between the intellectual and the the like kind of emotional yeah. of the talk right and one more positive thing because about, about the, the Chinese taking our jobs thing, because I, I also think about this a lot. I'm like, I don't want to live in China. And I think most people don't want to live in China under that regime. Yeah. Because if, if, if the deal is I go to China uh, because China's now the new boss and they make me work 24 seven and I'm not allowed to think, um, yeah. I don't want that. And I think most people don't want right. that. So the beauty of the American system and it can be better is that we have the freedom to to think and create mm. and they don't there or, or they, they don't seem to as much they come and steal our ideas so uh you know what we have going for us is is the freedom to be creative and to think and to come up with the next great thing um and if if they're gonna you know that that's the one thing in in that movie i'm like you know they they can make glass for longer hours than us but i don't know if they are gonna think of the next iphone or you know under the system of working as a slave right because you don't have the right. time to then think of it they could if they had the space and maybe that's where they'll right. go in 50 years but right now i think we're we're still the leaders in in creativity which is exciting and and this is right. where you want to be yeah, and I, I, I think that that is that is under the assumption too that people value creativity, which I think that we all we we can say that I think here we can say that as three people who have like are in some capacity working and contributing in the system of creativity. But you know, uh, my mom was a music teacher, right? Like I I heard almost every year of the government essentially fundamentally starting to cut funding for, yeah. for music education every year, right? Because it was just a thing that was considered. Of uh, like gratuitous, right? Yeah. And the bullshit so, jobs article is great about this, talking about yeah. how society seems to have a diminishing need for people who actually contribute to the world in the, in a positive way, like <sighs> artists and actual people who provide real labor, like people who build things and grow things, and like a never-ending need of corporate lawyers. Never ending need of people who do complete bullshit. It's interesting. Right. And I and I think I think part of the reason for that, I think there's a lot of reasons for that, but that kind of goes back to my like injury, like personal injury. Like you were in a car yeah. accident, call this lawyer. Like Jacob uh, and Ronnie. Right. My my theory with that is that because of the recession, actually, this is like a crackpot theory that I actually need to kind of figure out. But I've always thought this is like the recession from 2008, which we were just coming out of college. When that happened, dog and I, mm -hmm. I think free you were probably out a couple of years. We so uh, because of master's that time period, he's getting a master's from ASU. Um, because of that time period, a lot of people went on to professional degrees, they went on to become lawyers, they went on to get masters and whatever. And it became we have an overabundance of lawyers, quite frankly, because yeah. because so many people went to law school after or around that time period, because that was for a long time that was considered the the uh let the right brain uh version of success if you're left brain it's like you're a doctor if you're right yeah. brain you're a lawyer right it's like covid in adult braces everyone yeah. everyone's fixing their teeth during covid you know what i mean totally don't totally. gotta go out of the house um, 
Good time. I know what you're saying. Um, so, so to close this one out, as I've alluded to like nine times throughout this pod, I know we keep going on these tangents. If you're new to this pod, this is what we do. So get used to it. Um, but hopefully you got something out of it. Like, like I said, we're going to do a second episode on this next time where we're going to talk a little bit more about the philosophy and kind of some of the, the, the contextual, so not even just philosophy, but like what I love about this, these articles that we've kind of referenced over and over again, that we will again talk about next week is some of that like one of one of them is from like 1863 one of them is from 1932 the the kind of contemporary one is from 2014 so like this is not a new movement this is not an anarchist movement this is a this is a bit of a luddite movement but really what it's about is going huh so this is hold on this isn't right right something's going on I'm articulating my thoughts. So, so anyway, so going to the the article that we referenced earlier, which um, you know we will put in our subreddit for anybody who um, wants to check it out, or of course you can go to the subreddit our, our anti work, but our subreddit is did you read it? So the mythology of work. So eight myths. I don't know when this this came out in 2018. So uh, eight myths that keep your eyes on the clock and your nose in the grindstone. So one, uh, work is necessary. So. Uh, Dog, do you want to read through a little bit of of, of each of these? I'll, I'll bring it up on my screen if that's yeah. helpful. Yeah. We don't okay. have to read all of them, but just enough just enough to kind of give a little bit of like what it's really all about. So yeah, we, we, I think, and we can kind of go through them kind of quickly. So yeah. uh, work is necessary. Myth one, depends on what you mean by work. It's like, think about people who enjoy gardening, fishing, carpentry, cooking, um, just for their own sake. It's like, what if that kind of activity could provide for all of your needs? Yeah, so for hundreds of years, people have claimed that technolo- technological progress would soon liberate humanity from the need to work. Today, we have ca- capabilities our ancestors couldn't even imagined, but those predictions still haven't come true. So it's essentially saying, like, you know, we, we have the things that would keep us from having to work. So the idea that it's still necessary for us to work is wrong, Right. Let's yeah. build a company that nobody has to work, but they still get paid. What? That should be our business plan. Yeah, I get this one. This is like when we were all hunter-gatherers. All just sat around, apparently fucked everybody, and ate a bunch of saber-toothed tigers and slept. That's all we did. That sounds wonderful. Well, totally. And everybody's like, well, this is a great line. We're told that life was solitary, poor, nasty, brutish, and short back then. But that narrative comes from the ones who stamped out that way of life, not the ones who practiced it. Yeah, Native Americans invented the Frisbee because they were chilling so much. Everyone knows that. Yes, doy. Work is productive. Work isn't productive. Work is destructive. Have you walked around... There are chopsticks, disposable chopsticks by the billions, dumpsters full of overstock, just entire swaths of land on earth that is devoted to dumping our garbage. Amazon rainforest being burned is speeding up. Uh, so that, that's a really interesting one because we forget that that's even a byproduct of this is the fact mm-hmm. that you, you, know, you think about work and you think about what it does to, you know, like just the, we, we don't, you don't think of work enough through the byproduct of the environmental catastrophe that it is yeah. i think that a lot of people think of work through the lens of like when, like when i first read that like work is productive like i was like oh yeah of course. i mean work is obviously productive that's the whole point is you're make you're you're producing things yes and then they're saying like no 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 you're not producing things you're destroying things 
to create new things. And it is not productive, it's destructive. Exactly. And like when you look around at the kind of shit we make now, 99% of it is useless. So what we take for granted is that work doesn't produce value. It uses up value. Forests, polar ice caps, hours of our lives, the aches in our bodies when we come home from work parallel, the damage taking place on a global scale, says the article. Um, next one, work, work creates wealth. Work creates poverty too in direct proportion to profit, which is what we were talking about earlier. And there's this little cartoon here where these two fat guys who are clearly the rich fat guys. A couple of fat cats. Little fat cats with their cigars. And one of them's got, I think like a little, it looks like he's got a little joint on the end of a joint stick. He looks like they're, they look like they're just about to have tea and sandwiches. And there's a bunch of skinny poor people holding their hats, looking sad. Goodness, gentlemen, we can't all be billionaires. That would just be inflation. Really, now, if anyone is to be rich, someone has to be poor. This is, so this is actually almost verbatim oh, the point I made earlier. Yeah. Which is, which is you know, and I, like I said, I wasn't, I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm saying the system has created that mentality. Exactly. That now, has, that, that now is unfortunately, you know, like there is, there is, there is truth to this to some degree, but the truth to this is directly proportionate to the way that we value things, right? Like, so yeah. they're, they're sitting on, they're sitting in this like beautiful home, be like, well, you know, if, if, if everybody was a billionaire, everybody'd be able to have a home like this. Be like, yeah, that's a fucking point, you idiot. Like, yeah. So it, that, that's, that's a very interesting point. So, all right. So the next one. So you need to work to make a living. So, yeah. um, Cost of living estimates are misleading. There's little living going on at all. Cost of working is more like it and it's not cheap. So everybody knows that what house cleaners and dishwashers pay for being the backbone of our economy. All the scourges of property, addiction, broken families, poor health, on par or are par for the course. The ones who survive these and somehow go uh, somehow go on showing up on time are working miracles, right? So uh, the the main point here is that. Um, you know, we pay these, we pay these, what's the, the topic is you need to work to make a living. Um, the cost that we pay individually, but there's also a global price to pay for all the working alongside the environmental costs. There are the work-related injuries, et cetera. I mean, this is kind of broken window economics at its, at its core, right? So mm-hmm. there's another, there's another um, uh, cartoon here. It looks like it's from Alice in Wonderland. So you see a quote from the queen. It says, a slow sort of country, said the queen. Now here, you see it. It takes all the running you can do to keep it in place. If you want to get somewhere else, you must run at least twice as fast. I'd rather not try, please, said Alice. So that, I mean, that's like that, that sums up a lot of yeah. the attitude I have towards like Silicon Valley acting you know all those things that people kind of move to cities for where you go like the only way you can make it done is you have to work twice as hard as everybody else they go i don't want to do that that yeah do that you know dude that's just so sad yeah um Ugh. yeah so oh, with that one so why work it, why work if it's so expensive everybody knows the answer there's no other way to acquire the resources we need to survive or for that matter to participate in society at all all the earlier so, uh, social forms that made other ways of life possible have been eradicated. They were stamped out by the conquistadors, slave traders, and corporations that left neither tribe nor tradition nor ecosystem intact. 
contradictory or contrary to po- capitalist propaganda, free human beings don't crowd into factories for a pittance if they have other options, not even in return for name brand shoes and software. So, you know, this is basically just saying this whole thing is that like, I, I kind of, I mean, I, I would need to re- read it over again, but like you kind of do need to work to make a living because of what they said, where so many things have destroyed the opportunity to make a living without working. Does that make sense? Like the, the yeah, bro. Scary. It's fucking scary out there. It's scary, scary out there. there. All right. Uh, dog, you probably want to talk about that. Work is a path to fulfillment. On the contrary, instead of enabling people to achieve happiness, work fosters the worst kind of self-denial. We're basically selling our time rather than doing things for our own sake, for their own sake. Um, we come to evaluate our lives on the basis of how much we can get in exchange for them, not what we get out of them. As freelance slaves hawking our lives hour by hour, we think of ourselves as each having a price. The amount of the price becomes our measure of value. So we martyr ourselves for ideas, causes, love for one another, even when these are supposed to help us find happiness, basically to sell our labor, sell our time, sell our like minutes and days and hours, blah, blah, blah of our lives in exchange for money. Uh, the next one work instills initiative. People work nowadays, that's for sure. But trying to access the resources to market performance has caused unprecedented production and technological progress. Indeed, the market has monopolized access to our own creative cap- uh, capacities to such an extent that many people work not only to survive, but also to have something to do. But what kind of initiative does this instill? Like that's not exactly inspiring. Like yes, that, that's the big one. There is like, we, yeah, we get that it instills initiative, but like, what what initiative, and is it an initiative we even want? Yeah, right. and is it like a lot of people are just working because they need? Like, it's not like out of wanting to do it. Need like it's it's what it's you need to do. It's you work because that's what means that that's what predicates you being decent. Yeah. Uh, work provides security. So this is this is another really. I mean, this is this is a tough one because again, you know, yeah. I mean, it, resources provide security, and work is a way to c- c- get resources. Yeah, but that's the problem. It's just your responsibility. Who carries out most of the injustices in history? Employees. This is not necessarily to say that they're responsible for them, as they would be the first to tell you. It doesn't teach you responsibilities at all. You just have to do exactly what you're told. Oh, yeah, I think that's that was the last one, right? Work teaches responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is an interesting piece. I mean, this is like I said, this is a very. Um, I mean, it's it's perspective gathering, right? It it isn't necessarily something we haven't already talked about, but I think it's an interesting one through the lens. I think that the environmental byproduct is, I think, one of the most interesting parts of this, right? Which is like, we all work so hard um, to create more problems within the earth that then unfortunately ends up, um, you know, more of a... We, we have more problems because of it. We don't pay attention to the long term. We're just... <laughs> anyway um okay cool well um all right well we're going to like i said we're going to continue more of this next week where we're going to read a little bit more of kind of the foundational pieces 
Um, but uh, but yeah, so this is the beginning. If you want to you want to pay pay attention, check out r slash anti work, um, where you can kind of see some of the 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 memes and posts and some of the thought process. Um, and uh, and yeah, you guys, any, any other clothing thoughts before we uh, before we hang this one up for before twenty twenty one? Not harder. Work smarter, not harder, or don't work at all. Or don't work. Smoke weed. Get a van. Smoke weed every day. <laughs> also, Baba Vanga, look her up. She look got her some up. predictions for 2021, and um, I'm not going to oh, say positive. Shit. I'm going to say scary, scary as fuck, actually. Oh, so. God. Did she have predictions for 2021? I didn't even see that. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll put them on our uh, Instagram today. <laughs> Can't wait. But, um, Looking forward to it. I'm gonna R- go pee because I gotta all right. my pants. So I know, I'm, gonna I'm gonna say goodbye. Right, so, you did you read it? <laughs> Talking about anti work. <laughs> my name is it's your dad. I'm dog boobs. But for day, woo! Talk to you guys. We'll be back so next week in 2021 with more chat about the internet. By way of right at the front page of the internet. See you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.